Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. Today, we have a special guest on. We have Stephen Jarvis, CPA, and he is the host of the Retirement Tax Podcast. Stephen, welcome to the show. Mike, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here talking to you. Yeah, and if you guys haven't checked out his podcast, I think it's a great one to check out again, Retirement Tax Podcast. I've known Stephen for a couple of years now and seen the kind of stuff that he's putting out and really kind of aligns with our idea of how can we help individuals out there in the consumer space get through all the jargon and, and just really kind of understand true tax planning, tax ideas, tax strategies. So it's definitely one to check out. Now, Stephen, kind of what, we, what we've talked about today is this idea of retirement savings for small business owners. And so I just want to kind of pick your brain a little bit on this idea, and then we'll kind of delve into different topics. But one thing that we were talking about was this idea of how so many small business owners think that their retirement is their business. So that means they don't need to save for it. There's no tax advantages to saving for it. So let's just kind of touch on that topic a little bit. What is one, this concept that you see a lot of business owners not saving for retirement? And also let's talk about what are the ideas or or advantages that they can get from saving for retirement and how it's not only beneficial for a future standpoint, but also beneficial for a a tax standpoint now. Yeah, I think there's a lot of great things to cover in there. I'll share kind of personal examples first, because I spent a long time working at big accounting firms. And so I spent a lot of time as a W-2 employee before I became an entrepreneur. And especially for people who make that transition, when you're an employee, when you're first onboarded, I mean, a lot of companies anymore will have kind of auto enrollment for 401ks. It's kind of more just part of everyone's just general understanding of, ah, that's just part of being an employee. You contribute to a 401k, maybe the employer does too, but it just kind of happens with every paycheck. And then when you switch to being an entrepreneur, especially if you're building something from the ground up, it it can be really hard to prioritize that out of the gate. And to be honest, maybe you shouldn't prioritize it on day one because you're trying to cover payroll. You're trying to make sure you can pay your vendors, like all these other things. But at some point, we've got to go back to that to say, hey, we need to plan for the future. And what I like to tell people is that we need to make great decisions and then figure out the most tax efficient way to do that. So we don't want to just run out and start spending money because we think it's going to save us on taxes. We want to do those things that set us up for the future. And specific to retirement planning for business owners, one of kind of the cautionary tales I like to share with business owners is that while I fully support that you are building this incredible business and that hopefully it'll someday be the next Amazon and worth billions of dollars. The more typical experience for small business owners is that they spend their whole life working on this business that is going to always be more valuable to them than it's going to be to someone else. And in the Mm -hmm. CPA community, we see this all the time where CPAs will build these small businesses and they'll get towards retirement and think, oh, somebody out there is going to pay me millions of dollars for this business I created. And what they find is that the way those companies get valued doesn't pay out nearly as much as they had hoped. And so that, and you might be, you probably have a lot of listeners who are in other industries and maybe those valuations are better, but that's something that you need to make sure you're being very realistic about and not idealistic. Because if you wait until you're ready to retire to figure out what that really looks like, it's probably way too late. Yeah. And Stephen, one thing that you mentioned that that really kind of piqued my interest is this idea of retirement planning might not be something you do immediately when you're first starting your business. And we see so many business owners that, yeah, there's a lot of tax strategies, a lot of things that 
maybe from day one don't make sense because ultimately we want to get your business off the ground. Like yeah. <laughs> let's let's make money before we do anything else because a business that has a retirement account set up that is hiring their kids and doing all this, but there's no revenue coming in the door isn't, you're not using any of those things that you spent that time setting up. But with the trap that I see so many business owners fall down is that they get so entangled in that. So they yeah. they get their business off the ground. That's their focus. And also now their business is booming. but start mm-hmm. to pick up. Things are going really good. And they forget about all that stuff that they should have been thinking about when they started up. And so there's a lot of times where I say, okay, here are some things you want to get right in the beginning. You make sure you have a good bookkeeping file set up. Make sure you have the right entity structure, a good mm-hmm. foundation for your business. But now that your business is running, let's also go revisit some of those things that we should be thinking about. And so I hope that this comes at a time where business owners can think about that and be like, oh yeah, like I never thought about retirement because I just wanted to bring money through the door. But hey, business is is rocking now and now it's time to kind of go revisit those things. And I think people can get caught into a trap where they forget about all those things and and they think about, I'm making $10,000 a month now, but I'm not going to think about it till I make 20. And then they get to 20 and then it's 30. And then they get to, so they keep pushing that down the road. So what are some thoughts and ideas just to kind of get to the business owners and say, hey, like now is the time to start thinking about it. And when is that point make sense? And when does it make sense to stop and be like, yeah, I need to actually start thinking about this. I need to get connected with an advisor. I need to get connected with a specialist that can help me down this road. Yeah, Mike, this, this is a great question. And you're spot on that. It can be easy to fall into that trap of, I'll, I'll get to that tomorrow or next year. The problem with tomorrow and next year is that they never actually get here. It's, it's always just today. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that there's a magic dollar threshold but you definitely, it's definitely something you need to come back to. I like that you talked about entity structure, that you talked about making sure we've got bookkeeping from day one. And then for me, this is something that I want to look at least annually as a business owner to say, hey, what are those things that I should be coming back and putting at the top of my list, top of my priorities? I'll give business owners a little bit of a pass here in that the, I think the other thing that slows people down is that it, it's really intimidating because unlike, again, unlike when we're a W-2 employee and we're told, here's your retirement plan option, either do it or don't. For a business owner, now we've got to make decisions. Like we've got all these extra acronyms out there. Am I going to do a step? Am I going to do a simple? Am I going to do a solo K? And then there's seven different ways to refer to each of those. And so it can be really easy to just kind of get this paralysis by analysis and say, you know what, never mind. I don't want to worry about that. That seems like too many hoops. And so where I like to start is first, let's get clear on why. Do you envision a future where someday you aren't working constantly and you're just enjoying life, whether that's with a spouse, grandkids, whatever that might be? Okay, and most people will agree, okay, yes, I do want that someday. Okay, now let's start preparing for that. And let's take advantage of the rules the IRS has made that let us do that in a tax efficient way. We started talking about before we hit record, but with the Secure 2.0 that came out late last year, the options available to business owners keep expanding with the types and the types of contributions we can make to retirement plans. And so typically there's some kind of fit we can find for any business owner, but we've got to, we've got to commit to this is important to us and this is something that we're going to do so that then we can start executing, we can start implementing and set ourselves up for the future and also save on taxes today. Yeah, love that. So I want to kind of shift a little bit into some of the stuff that you talk about in your podcast, because I think yeah. what you guys are covering, the things that you guys are doing there, it marries so well to what we're talking about. We talk about a lot of tax savings specific mm-hmm. to business owners. And I think that there's also that piece on the personal side that we don't touch on as much. And that's mm-hmm. where your focus is a lot. And so I think that kind of comboing the education between our two podcasts is really good. But I want our listeners to get an understand, OK, what is Stephen talking about over there? And I know one thing that we talked about was this idea of understanding how a Roth 
works, when it makes mm. sense. So yeah. kind of give a little bit of glimpse into what are some of those topics that you're talking about on, on the Retirement Tax Podcast that people can learn in that realm. The difference between pre-tax and Roth contributions is probably one of the most frequent conversations we have because it's what we get the most questions on. And early in my career, it always kind of threw me off because these concepts have been around for a while now. And so I tell myself, everyone knows that now I can quit talking about it. But just like any topic, most of us only care about it when it's relevant to us. And so even though Roth has been around for decades now, pre-tax has been around for even longer than that. Until it becomes relevant to us personally, like I would ignore that stuff too. It all sounds like complicated nonsense. But from a high level, the IRS has basically created two paths to contributing to a retirement account. We have what we call our more traditional 401k or IRA, which is a pre-tax contribution, and we have Roth. And so pre-tax means that if I put $1,000 into the account now, that I get to take $1,000 out of my taxable income and whatever my marginal rate is, whatever tax rate I'm in this year, then I'm going to save that much in taxes, which that's great for this year. But we've got to keep in mind that by doing that, we're essentially bringing the IRS on board as a business partner who at some point is going to want their piece of the pie. And so at some point in the future, they're going to say, okay, now it's time for you to pay me my taxes. And so one of the things we have to look at for our own personal situation, when we look at this year compared to when we expect to potentially use those dollars in the future, when we retire, potentially do we have any concern that tax rates might be higher in the future? That's what the whole pre-tax versus Roth conversation comes down to. Because you, you might have some math nerds listening to your podcast. Uh, you can skip doing all of the potential like scenarios of how the math plays out. I've promised I've done all of them. Pre-tax and Roth come out to the exact same point unless tax rates change. Because the key difference with a Roth is that we take after-tax dollars. So if I put my $1,000 in, I've already paid taxes on it. I put $1,000 into this account, but the benefit of the Roth is that now when I use it in the future, the IRS doesn't get any piece of it. The two cases I see this most commonly, either I'm in a tax bracket now where I feel like I could be in a higher tax bracket in the future, either because I expect to make more, have more income in the future, or because I might be concerned that the IRS could raise tax or Congress could raise tax rates like they're going to in 2026. The other situation where I see this quite commonly is for people who are in the highest tax bracket now and expect to always be in the highest tax bracket. And there are business owners that end up in that situation where early in your career, you might feel like the highest tax bracket is so far out of reach, you'll never hit it. And then I meet business owners who they get to that level and they say, hold on a second, the IRS is taking a third of my income or more every year in taxes. And I'll meet people in those situations who will also contribute to Roth because they've realized I'm always going to be in this situation. I would rather take the IRS out of the picture by paying the taxes now and growing this tax-free bucket. Yeah, that's so valuable and something to look into. And I know that with the Secure 2.0 Act, there's a lot of changes as far as how you can fund even a solo 401k with Roth and some employer match contributions to a Roth. And I think there's some cloudiness there as far as how does that actually work in practice, at least as of now today. Yeah. So Secure 2.0 came out at the end of 2022. And technically, the changes were effective beginning in 2023. But I like that you commented there on what happens in reality, because (laughs) these rule changes keep getting punted because the administrators of all of these retirement plans have basically raised their hand and said, hey, you need to give us more time to implement these things. And so there used to be a lot tighter limitations on especially getting funds into Roth accounts outside of a 401k or outside of a self-directed Roth. 
which the reason that's significant is that for small business owners, you probably don't have a, a 401k that you're offering to hundreds of employees. That's this huge plan. And the contribution limits for a self-directed Roth are fairly small. And so by expanding the Roth options for solo and SEP, it's greatly expanded what business owners can potentially do. But I throw out some of that to say that if you're listening to this and thinking, yep, I've got my retirement plan, I'm going to go start putting more Roth dollars into it. Make sure you check with your administrator first. Make sure that these options are like logistically available to you. The IRS rules have changed, but the, the paperwork needs to catch up with it. Yeah, makes so much sense. Another topic that we talked about was this idea of if you lose a spouse, your spouse yeah. dies, now you're moving to single, or maybe you go through a divorce, and now you're, you're going into a different type of tax bracket. And some of the tax situation planning and thoughts behind some of those things, touch a little bit on that because I think it's something we definitely do not really touch much on our podcast, but I think it's a, a really good glimpse into some of the topics that, that you guys talk about. Yeah, so clearly not anyone's favorite topic, but part of the reason we do long-term planning is to address some of life's, and, and so far death is batting, a thousand, is batting a thousand. I mean, for each of us, that's gonna happen at some point. And one of the things that comes as quite an unfortunate surprise to a lot of surviving spouses is how their tax situation changes. Because the year after your spouse passes away, you have to go back to filing single unless you very quickly get remarried. Now, this is again one of those situations where deal with life first. Don't immediately on day the day after the funeral start dealing with taxes. Grieve, go through the life events that you need to. But we want to have this somewhere in the back of our mind that, hey, we need to address some of these things. Because I'll see people quite often who start getting hit with underpayment penalties because they don't go back and adjust their withholdings now that they're filing single and not married filing jointly. That they don't realize that all the tax brackets are getting cut in half and so they're paying higher taxes. There's also some things that go on, some choices available to us that unless we know ahead of time to anticipate that, that we can miss some opportunities. An example of that would be if you have large, especially if, if your spouse that passes away had large dollars in pre-tax accounts in IRAs or 401ks. As inheriting an IRA as a spouse, you basically just get to take the account over and it's it, you would follow whatever rules you would if it was your own. But for non-spousal beneficiaries, the rules start changing. And so if my wife were to pass away and leave me all these IRA dollars, I can take a minute to say, do I just want to go ahead and pass some of that straight to my kids so that they now can have two different time periods where they might have to pay taxes on these IRA dollars? And that's getting way beyond what we'll be able to cover here today, but I'm just planting mm -hmm. seeds for these are things that you need to consider so that you at least know to ask the questions when these situations come up. Oh, yeah, I love that. And I think another area that I think about in this situation is we see a lot of business owners that are running a business, making a great income, and they're utilizing real estate or rental properties to help offset some of that income. And they use their spouse as a real estate professional because they're not in the business. Their spouse is a real estate professional. And the person that came to my mind is next year, you don't have a spouse anymore. And where's that real estate professional staff going to come from? And so yeah. that's a whole different strategy. You could be doing that idea of real estate and, and planning around that for 10 years. And now you're going to have to take a little different approach from that if you plan to still get some of the same benefits. I think the core concept behind this is that there's a lot of things that happen in life events that affect your taxes and don't necessarily think about that at any point in time or even think that it does affect your taxes when it does. And yeah, I love that you mentioned take your time, take, take, take the time to go through that life event, but then you need to go to think about what are the next steps? What does that look like from a planning perspective, from a tax perspective? And what are some things that you can do on your end to, to help along that journey? 
So Stephen, just to kind of kind of wrap things up, give our audience a little bit of ideas of what are some of the broad range topics that you're talking about on your podcast and then also kind of where to find your podcast and, and where can people find what you're up to? Yeah, so it's the Retirement Tax Podcast. You can find it Apple Podcast, Spotify, anywhere you listen. Wherever you're listening to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, I'm sure you can find mine as well so you can follow on both. I'm also really active on LinkedIn. You'll notice that I spend a lot of time talking to financial advisors, but I write all my content in a way that's going to be consumable for anyone. Like I said, Mike, we get a lot of questions for people who do this stuff all the time. Might seem like it's more on the basic side of things, even just pre-tax versus Roth. It seems like nobody gets tax deductions for charitable giving anymore. Are there options for me to still be able to do that? We cover a lot of these things. I mean, similar to your approach, we want to do this in a way that you can implement. As much as I think I've got some good knowledge to share, it really only has value if you do something with it. And so I try to stay very focused on how do you take action? Yeah, I cover a variety of topics, more focused on the individual and family side, which is why I like partnering with people like you who focus on the business side. But my whole philosophy is you should pay every dollar that you owe, but not leave the IRS a tip. Yeah, love that. So definitely those are listening, check out Stephen's podcast again, Retirement Tax Podcast. I think you're going to find a lot of really good information on there that's going to just accompany and, and, and marry very well with some of the things that we're doing on a tax planning side for your business. So Stephen, just want to say thanks for coming on again. Thanks for joining us. And uh, for all of our listeners, again, our goal, my goal, Stephen's goal is to just help you pay the least amount in taxes as legally possible. I'll see you guys next week. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.